Hello, everyone, and welcome to another crossover edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast and the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, and we've got the whole crew with us here today. We've got Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, of course, who cover the Browns with me. You can find that all that work at cleveland.com slash Browns. And then we have Andrew Gillis and Mohammed Ahmad, who cover the Bengals. Cleveland.com slash Bengals is where you can find all of that. And as I mentioned, Strictly Stripes is our Bengals podcast, just like Orange and Brown Talk every single day. And just like Orange and Brown Talk, you can find it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We are doing our quarterback draft, uh, third annual quarterback draft. Normally, we've actually done this before the NFL draft. Uh, and we've sort of had to have had to project rookies in. Now we know where all the rookies are. Not that it really matters. But again, just sort of the way we do this, uh, it's sort of in a vacuum. You're just picking a quarterback to win for you this year. So contract doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Uh, it's how you think that quarterback will perform this year on a team essentially ready to win uh, our draft order. Ashley's going to go number one. We're all a little jealous of that pick because that's the easy one. It gets a little more complicated after that. Muhammad will go second, Mary Kay third, Andrew fourth, and I will go fifth. We'll try and knock out three rounds and pick 15 quarterbacks. And of course the intrigue here, because we've never done this with, with Bengals writers on board. And we actually haven't done this since the Browns have had a like legitimate starting quarterback, who's going to be ready to go week one. Uh, I'm curious to see where all of these guys land. So don't jinx it, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, let's get started. Ashley, you are up. Number one. I already warned you. Do not screw this pickup, or you will be off the beat. So Ooh, you did. on the clock, Ashley Bastock. Yeah. So I. It, it's interesting having gotten the chance to know Mary Kay, who is of course a Hall of Fame voter. Mary Kay talks about when you're voting for the Hall of Fame, there are some guys who are what they call stand up, sit down guys. So all you have to do is say the name and that's the case. And I think the first pick here is a stand up, sit down guy in this fantasy draft. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. What else is there to say? (laughs) Okay. I I put the pressure on Ashley. Does anybody want to stand up and be like, no, Ashley, you're wrong. You really messed this up. It's Russell Wilson. Anybody? If this was two months ago, I would have tried to put in one more effort for Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow himself said Patrick Mahomes is the best in the game right now. So I wave the white flag on that. I I just feel Mary Kay, like this year solidified Mahomes going and winning that Super Bowl again, playing on that ankle, uh, finally getting past, past the Bengals in in that uh, AFC championship game. It, It just, this year solidified Patrick Mahomes greatness and sort of started to get the ball rolling a little bit. Like, Could he get to four? Could he get to five? Could he put himself in the discussion for greatest of all time eight to ten years from now? He certainly has the talent to be able to do that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it. He's still so young. Uh, So, And and he and Andy Reid are just dynamite together. And this past year, he did it without Tyreek Hill. I think a lot of people wondered, you know, what is Patrick going to be like without Tyreek Hill. And they found a way to overcome that. Uh, Patrick's amazing. The no look passes, the the improvising, the, you know, just the ice in the veins. He, he's got it all. And, um, and the Browns passed on him in 2017. The Browns, the Browns did. And so did the Bengals. They had him right. They had the pick right before the chiefs. And the bills traded away that pick. 
to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about all the quarterbacks these teams ended up with uh, coming up here very shortly. But Andrew, just just real quick on Patrick Mahomes, would you? I mean, a no doubter. And you mentioned it on our on our AFC position draft too that, that Mahomes is kind of in a tier by himself. How much did this year change or or kind of advance your views of Mahomes? Uh, none. I went into the year and I said, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in the league and, and there's not a debate. Um, you know, frankly, I think it did more for some of the other guys on the list who we're going to get to soon. Um, you know, but I, I mean, th- before the AFC championship game, I remember having a conversation with, you know, one of the other Bengals writers and I said, okay, Mahomes two first and two second or Mahomes for Burrow and two first and two seconds. What do you do? And I take Mahomes if, if that was the trade. So Burrow, along with two firsts and two seconds, go to the Chiefs. Mahomes to to Cincinnati. I would 100% take Mahomes in every scenario. I just think like that's kind of the level of, of tier that we're talking about. This is very much a college football ranking where number one is very different from some of the other teams or other players on this list. So, yeah, it's it's Mahomes and Tier one is Mahomes, and it's he's the only person there, and then you get to tier two with everybody else. All right, so this is like the NBA draft. We all knew Victor Wembanyama was going to go number one. I don't know. I probably butchered that name. <laughs> now the draft starts. The draft starts at number two, and Muhammad, you have the pick. All right, so uh, time, time to stir up the pot. Time to actually get some controversy going now, which uh, I, I love creating controversy. It's my calling card. That's what we do on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So make sure you all tune into that. But, man, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Joey B, Joe Burrow. I'm going to pick him at number two. I understand a lot of people are probably thinking, why would you not pick Joshua Allen? Look, I get it. Josh Allen is a linebacker in a quarterback's body or vice versa, a quarterback in a, in a tight end linebacker's body. He's a gazelle. But, like, here's the thing. He had an arm, arm injury last year. But even without that arm injury, which I, I do think affected a lot of the turnovers he had and you know how the Bills kind of finish up their season, I, I just think if you take that away, like, yes, Burrow's not going to run you over, but he'll run past you. You know, he might not be 6'5", but he can still get first downs with, like, the shystiest of moves, you know? So they call him Joe Shiesty. This is actually an interesting stat from PFF that I feel like maybe gives him the edge over Josh Allen. So apparently he has... A career 77.1% adjusted completion rate. And his turnover-worthy play has pretty much gone down every year he's been in the league from his rookie year to each of the last two years. I mean, he's smarter with the ball. Like I said, I think he's not as turnover-prone as Josh Allen. He's the most accurate passer in NFL history. And it only took him, what, three years? I guess two and a half because his rookie season never happened because of the ACL tear. So, yeah, um, I'd probably start off the pot there, but I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I, it feels like this was between two players, right? It had to be Burrow or it had to be Josh Allen. Does any, did anybody else have anyone else? Like, would you have considered a Justin Herbert or or someone like this? Did this come down to Burrow and Allen? And then like, Ashley, who would you have picked? Yeah, that was tough. You know, I probably would have gone with Burrow too. I mean, just the also like intangible factor of him already having gone to a Super Bowl, I think was, enough for me to push him over Josh Allen but it's hard like I also really like Josh Allen and you know obviously think there's no one else like him in the league but for me these were the clear-cut top three I think Mahomes is definitely number one and then two and three it it could depend on the day or the game quite honestly 
You know what? I'm going to do this. Mary Kay, you have, um, you have the third pick. Is Alan your pick at number three? Oh, yes, absolutely, okay. 100%. My, so I, Josh Allen is my pick at number three, and I would have strongly considered him at, at number two. I mean, part of that is, you know, I, I studied him so extensively coming out in the draft. I would have picked him over Baker Mayfield. Uh, I've talked to people in his, his career, his life. I, you know, I've talked to Brian Dayball about him. Uh, after he coached him, I've talked to Ken Dorsey about him. Uh, I just, uh, I think the world of him. And I, he's such a dual threat quarterback. Uh, I, I do like that about him. So I could have made a case for him at number two, but I'm definitely taking him at number three. Yeah. So I, I wanted to just jump ahead there and, and get that picked on because why, why dance around it? I mean, Andrew, with these two quarterbacks, Burrow and Allen, how do you view them and, and who would you have taken two, three? Right now I take Burrow too. Uh, I am curious what happens with a healthy Josh Allen. I think, um, the elbow was bothering him last year. I think that, you know, that was kind of reported on and that was kind of talked about that, you know, his elbow was not in, you know, as great a shape as, as, you know, he let on by just playing every week. And, you know, I think I, I'm just going to have some, some more questions over the next, you know, year and couple of years where what happens when, and if T Higgins leaves and what happens when, and if Joe Burrow gets paid $60 million and all of the sudden, the talent that you have, you're not bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. anymore on the offensive line because you can't afford that. You're not bringing in, a, you know, a second receiver like a T. Higgins. Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm curious what happens. For now, Joe Burrow would have been second on my board. You know, I, I would have taken him there. Moving forward, I, I, I wonder what, I wonder what happens there with Josh Allen and, and frankly, somebody else who I'm going to take it for. So, Muhammad. Did you have anybody else you were thinking about? Like, was it Burrow and Allen? Was there anybody else? Was it just those two? Just those two. I, I okay. really just came down to those two for me. And and I think that's interesting because this sort of creates like tears too, as, as we're kind of going a- along with this. Mary Kay, I want to give you a little more runway on Josh Allen though, because I kind of threw that pick at you and, and, and made you take it. Um, but this time a year ago, I think there might've been some people who would have made the case to take Josh Allen number one. There certainly would have been people who would have made the case to take him number two. So I've got a two-parter here for you. How different are things if that 13-second game goes differently and Josh Allen wins that game? And what do you think happened with Josh this year? That just sort of, was it the injury? Was it performance? What what do you think changed this year that kind of made people waver on him and, and kind of took him out of that discussion in the same sentence as a guy like Mahomes. Well, I do think the perception would have changed if not for those uh, fatal 13 seconds. So I think that's one thing. Um, I think that, um, that he had, you know, some challenges this year in terms of the receiving core. And then I also think that, um, you know, he didn't, it was the, it was an adjustment period without having Brian Dable for the first year. And so I think they kind of have to work through that. And then, of course, it was the elbow injury. So it was all kinds of things. Um, And, you know, here's hoping that he can get all that back on track and that he can get it going in the right direction because he is so fun to watch. Uh, You know, he's a delight. He's a joy to watch play the game. Uh, He is like a linebacker and a running back and all different kinds of positions rolled into one. Um, And, I, you know, I just think the world of him and – yeah, I think he, you know, he, I think that we have it right right now. 
but certainly things probably could have been different if not for some of those other factors. Okay. So Andrew, you teased it. Uh, you have somebody set up at number four. Who are you taking here? Yeah, th- this is the guy who I think is kind of being disrespected. And, and, you know, I mentioned Mahomes is in tier one, but I think in tier two, I think a lot of people just kind of forget about this guy. It's Justin Herbert. Um, you know, I think, I mean, frankly, you could make a really good case. I think that in the next year or so, we are talking about Mahomes, Herbert, one and two. Like, I, I really think Herbert could kind of take that next step. Um, I'm really excited to see what can happen with Quentin Johnston now in LA. I'm really excited to see what can happen with Kellen Moore calling those plays in Los Angeles. Um, I mean, but in terms of arm talent, I mean, he's one of the better throwers in the league. I mean, to me, you just kind of look at some of his numbers and like, I mean, my God, like the, the throws that he can make you know, down the field are one thing. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that, that airs the ball out in, in LA. Um, you know, he almost threw 700 passes last year. Like they're a team that trusts Justin Herbert to do a lot. And when you have that kind of arm talent, it's easy to see why. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, we kind of forget about Justin Herbert in the conversation with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. But, I mean, in a year, I think we could be talking about Justin Herbert, not only kind of being in, the, in that conversation, but I think we can talk about him maybe being right behind Mahomes at one and two. So, Mohammed, when you look at, at Herbert um... – you know, we can say this with Josh Allen to a, a different, like we're waiting on Josh Allen to make that jump to get the Bills to the Super Bowl, right? You know, we thought this might be the year when Herbert obviously gets the Chargers to the playoffs. They should have won that playoff game. They don't do it. Uh, they they blow that big lead against Jacksonville. I feel like with Herbert, we're, we're sort of waiting for him to make that jump into, I'm going to consistently be in the mix now to go win a Super Bowl, go to the AFC Championship game, whatever it is. Um, but the talent, the throws he makes, playing with that rib injury last year. He he showed a lot last season for sure. Yeah, he did. And honestly, like, I, I think Andrew picking him at number four is not a bad pick. I actually probably would have made him my number four pick too. I think you could have maybe given some consideration to Trevor Lawrence in my opinion. Like, I probably would have picked him at number five if not at number four. The thing with Herbert is, yeah, he, he plays well. Like, he's going to get paid this offseason because he deserves it, just like Joe Burrow, just like Jalen Hurts, just like Lamar Jackson. But again, like, I think part of why these guys are where they are on the list is because of wins. Joe Burrow's already been to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just won one, and he has his second ring. Um, and Josh Allen's been to an AFC championship already, and he's already won multiple playoff games. So, yeah, I think if Herbert makes that jump where he wins the playoff game, gets to an AFC championship, or blows my mind and gets to a Super Bowl, which I don't see happening. But people said the same thing about the Bengals two years ago. So, again, you never know until it happens. But I think I need to see more big wins from Justin Herbert first before I can really put him in that conversation with uh, Burrow, Allen, and, of course, let alone Mahomes. It does feel like, again, it feels like we're creating tears here. Um, I don't think this is a controversial pick. I think this is the right pick. There's a couple... You know, I got I got a pick coming up, so I don't want to start throwing out names as to as to who maybe I would consider here, because uh, I get to go next. But there are certainly I don't know. I mean, Ashley, I feel good about this pick. I would have taken Herbert here too, probably. Me too. And it's like his yards per throw. I know we're down last year, like six point eight yards per throw, but he also had that rib injury that I think we did see impact him to a certain point even though he was still you know a good quarterback and the Chargers did still have a great passing offense you know of course against the Browns they kind of were like let's just run the ball because this run defense is so bad but we all know about it in that that game where he got hurt when he just made that 
amazing throw still. I'm like, it was impressive, I think, the way he played through that. But, like, to to account for some of those stats going down, to me, I just attribute that to the injury. And I do think it's really good. But this is, I think, like, the year where he has to kind of build off the really phenomenal rookie season that he had a couple of years ago. And, and Mary Kay, we've actually gotten to see Justin, you know, Ashley mentioned they played the Browns this year, but we actually, you know, we saw him at SoFi a couple years ago, too. And I, I came away from that game at SoFi Stadium. I was just blown away with what I saw in person uh, watching Justin Herbert play. He is, uh, you, you see how special he is. Oh my gosh, absolutely he is. I mean, he, I feel like he's got multiple Super Bowls in his future. Um, I mean, he should, it's, it's going to be hard for anybody to get past Patrick. That's for sure. I mean, that is going to be the thing. I mean, anybody that landed in the AFC in this Patrick Mahomes era is really going to struggle uh, to get the Super Bowls that they probably would have otherwise gotten to in their career. Uh, because Justin Herbert is definitely that caliber of player. Uh, he's got the it factor. He's got the moxie. He's got the, the steely look in his eyes. He, he loves to have the ball in his hands, uh, you know, in the two minute drill game winning drive. Uh, he, he's got it all. And, uh, and, you know, he's part of this unbelievable quarterback renaissance in the AFC. And it's just going to be interesting to see where this goes. Guys, the quarterback position is really good because there's like five players I could take here, and I don't think it would be super controversial. I'm going to go and take our first NFC quarterback, and this is a guy that I'm going to – I'll be honest, I have been cynical of him in the past. Um, I – when I watched Jalen Hurts at Alabama and I watched Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma – I didn't think he had the accuracy to be an NFL quarterback. I really didn't. I didn't think he'd be able to throw at this level. Um, I I just thought he was too inconsistent with his accuracy. He's transformed himself into a really accurate quarterback. His ability to run and the way Nick Sirianni and, and that Eagles offense, the way they use him in the run game is really special. Um, And again, this is a guy, I think he's an outlier as far as like guys that maybe weren't super accurate throughout their college career, turning into accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen is, is, is another one who's obviously been able to do that. I I'm, I'm really high on Jalen hurts after this last year. He really impressed me. I was cynical about what he would become. I'm not alone in that. I mean, the guy got drafted in the, you know, in the second round, it's not like this was a guy that went in the top 10 of a draft. Uh, it was a little bit of a flyer by the Eagles and it worked out. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts in this spot. I don't know if this is like the first controversial-ish pick because there are certainly some other quarterbacks you can make a case for here. Uh, But Ashley, Jalen Hurts, right spot? You know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the right spot. I think there is someone else I would have taken before him maybe. But I don't hate this. Like, this is about the range. I actually thought he was going to fall to me at the next pick. And I was going to be able to scoop him up. But I'm, I'm with you. You know, I think it might be somewhat controversial. I think he has to kind of keep improving, even for how good the Eagles season was this past year. Um, but I also think, like, just given what he can do, on the ground, you know, he averaged, looking at his numbers, eight yards per rushing attempt last season, had almost 800 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of hard to disagree with. So he's a guy who maybe hasn't had that straight trajectory upwards in terms of what 
analysts and coaches, whoever have expected him to be. But it's hard to argue with what they did and what he did individually last year. I think he's worthy of going like towards the end of the first round or in the second round here. I mean, there's a chance that I'm just bad at this, but Andrew, when I watched him (laughs) in college, I didn't see like future MVP candidate quarterback. And I just think the way what he's turned himself into, and now he's, he gets that big extension. He is their quarterback of the future. I think it's, it's a great story. And I think he's really good. Yeah, one of, one of the things that has, has kind of fascinated me about Jalen Hurts is that his career arc feels very different than a lot of these other top quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I mean, I mentioned on one of these crossover pods before that it's funny to forget now, but Josh Allen was bad in his rookie year. And, um, you know, uh, you, you just kind of saw him go from bad to mediocre to really good to unbelievable. And, um, you know, you, you don't really have that with Jalen. I mean, obviously this year was, it was a, was a fairly significant leap, but it just feels like every year since he was at Alabama and Oklahoma, he just every year, five, 10% better. There, there was never like a dip. He just always got progressively better. Um, you know, he didn't have some of these kind of major leaps that other players have had. Um, I've always been a Jalen Hurts fan. Uh, I was actually really high on him going into the uh, 2022 season. And I, I, I mean, it wouldn't have worked out, but I was really upset when I couldn't find an MVP vet, uh, MVP bet for him uh, last like March or April or so. You know, I, I really, really liked, uh, Jalen Hurts and and I think he's a great quarterback and um five is five is a little too high but I don't think six or seven is yeah so you know Mary Kay and Muhammad obviously again there are other guys you could have taken here do do you agree with Andrew that I, I took him too high here or you know do you think this is right Mary Kay no, I think that that you could take him right here. You you know, he's right on the same level as about three, maybe four other guys, and you can make a case for any of them. Uh, I think Shane Steichen, now the head coach of the Colts, did a really, really nice job with him last year, so much so that I think, <laughs> excuse me, Kevin Stefanski is looking at a lot of the things that Jalen Hurts did to apply to Deshaun Watson. So I, uh, I think this is a fine spot for him right here. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm with Mary Kay. I, I don't, what I have done it, like what I have considered that, probably not. I would, there's a case, I don't know if he'd win the case with me, but like there's definitely a case to be made. I'm going to lean maybe more towards like Trevor Lawrence or maybe like Lamar Jackson, but um, there's a case. I mean, Jalen Hurts is definitely one of the best at his position. Um, but like I said, I mean, or I guess like you said, I mean, I was kind of the same with him in college. You know, I wasn't really sure what this guy could do. Would he be a project? Could he be a starter? Uh, clearly, he proved the latter that he can be a starter. And, you know, he made like a quick jump from like his rookie year. Where he didn't, I guess he didn't really play his rookie year because that was uh, Doug Peterson's last year. But then he plays the year after and gets an MVP vote this year. I do think after this year, he could easily be within the top five. Like he might be able to take that number four spot. You know, like that's very possible. Who knows? Maybe even number the number three spot. I don't know. We'll see how well he does compared to like Burrow and Allen. But, you know, I think there, there's a good case to be made. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we'll go to the second round of our quarterback draft. And uh, we will have Ashley back on the clock. Welcome back. Crossover edition Orange and Brown Talk, Strictly Stripes podcast. Dan Lott, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Andrew Gillis, Muhammad Ahmad. Okay, now listen, uh, before we make this pick, Muhammad has mentioned Trevor Lawrence's name twice already, completely <laughs> unprompted. So 
Ashley, if you want Trevor Lawrence, I think you got to take him here. If somebody else wants Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have to trade ahead of Muhammad, I think, because uh, he's, I don't know. I feel like Muhammad, who has our next pick at number seven, might have tipped his hand a little bit. But Ashley, you are up here at number six. That's true. Hmm. You know, I have to think about if I want to go in that route. Um, but I think here's the thing. If it, I'm thinking about the criteria of this draft which is go out and win a Super Bowl for this upcoming year. I'm not talking about having a guy to make you a contender for the next 10 years, potentially. I'm talking about this next year. And for me, I think I have to go with my original gut, which is, and some people might disagree with me and think this guy's on a downward trajectory, but I just, I don't, I'm not ready to buy into that yet. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers here. Um, We're just a year removed from two back-to-back MVP seasons. I think the offense he's going to have with the Jets is better than the one that he is coming from in Green Bay. Um, so I'm, I think that leading off the second round here and getting Aaron Rodgers, I do not hate this at all. So I've left the door open for Mohammed and Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I do not like this pick. I'm sorry, yeah, Ashley. I don't. We can disagree on this. I Listen. There is a case, yeah, there's a case to be made that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to New York and he's going to be the MVP again. There I is. just don't think Aaron was that good last year. And I don't know if, I don't if it was either. because Devontae Adams is gone. I don't know. I'm just worried. I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers. I'm just worried about this whole Aaron Rodgers experience and the silence <laughs> retreat. And like now he's going, now he's in New York. And I, I just. Maybe know. the darkness I'm... retreat is going to help him, though, coupled with some Maybe. nice, fancy new receivers to throw to and Garrett Wilson. Like I said, I mean, I think I don't blame people if they're a little skeptical about this pick here, but I'm just banking on the change of scenery. And I know we've we've talked about this on our podcasts, like the change of scenery might be exactly what he needs. And coupled with all the experience it typically takes to be able to succeed in the postseason, he may not have been that good last year. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, I think, you know, is is showing the potential of what people thought he could be when they drafted him. But for me, if I'm talking about this very next year, I still would like that guy kind of heading my offense, I think. I, I, w- I wouldn't have taken Trevor Lawrence here either. Uh, but th- there's other guys I would have taken here. I just... Listen, a few years ago, I came on this podcast and I was adamantly saying I'm out on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are done. And then I think the Pittsburgh Steelers won the AFC North or something like that. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and declare that I'm out on Aaron Rodgers. But Mary Kay, I'm, I don't know. I'm just I'm down on Aaron Rodgers right now. That's all. Well, I think that he is going to be very rejuvenated uh, with the New York Jets. He's got... Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, that's going to really help him. And then also he has uh, just that boatload, boatload of really good receivers. And I think that's going to help him. I think so often, you know, we look at the quarterback's uh, position in a vacuum and we forget to look at the supporting cast and we forget to look at the receivers. I mean, once again, sometimes, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, Josh Allen last year, the whole receiver thing wasn't uh, maybe what he needed it to be. Uh, and it, and it can be the same thing with Deshaun Watson. I think for the, the last six games of, of his, uh, season that he did not have everything that he needed, but I think Aaron Rodgers has everything that he needs at the receiver position. So I think this is a perfectly fine spot to take Aaron Rodgers. 
And it's sort of like my Sean Payton pick in the, uh, in the coach draft, right? Like we forget about some of these like big name people because, you know, they're starting, they're not the it guy anymore, but I think there's a slight chance that a, a rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers could be dynamite this year. This is no fun. This, this segment is called tell Ashley why she's wrong. So Andrew Muhammad come through for me here. Tell Ashley why she's wrong. Do you, do you want me to unleash so Stan? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, where do I even start? Oh, trying to like, I don't know. This is hard. Cause I'm trying to like criticize Aaron Rodgers without criticizing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look, the dude's what, 40 years old. First of all, I would be honest with you. I don't think the Jets are going to have a winning record this year. Mm-mm. I think they'll be lucky if they get like nine and eight. That's the best I'll give them. Look, I get it. He won MVP two years ago, but I think even in a, in a year span, a year or two span, once you get to like your early forties, unless your name is Tom Brady, you can fall off the face of the earth. Peyton Manning did. You know what? You can give him Jamar Chase. If the Bengals wanted to give him Jamar Chase tomorrow, it wouldn't make a difference. It wouldn't make a difference. I do think Mary Kay makes a good point with Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I get it. You can give him uh, Garrett Wilson. You can give him Randall Cobb. You can give him, you know, McCole Hardman from the Chiefs. I don't know with Rodgers. But, again, I don't think this is something that, like, Robert Sonic or Nathaniel Hackett can fix. I just think Aaron Rodgers is, like, at the beginning of the end of his career, and the Jets made a bad mistake bringing him, like, I know people got excited about it because of the name, but like I think the excitement is going to end as soon as week one starts. So we'll leave it at that. I mean, there were just better options with um, than than Rogers here. Like I, I think I don't know. I, it, it seems like everyone has, is trying to hype up the Jets as you know. Oh well, th- their defense was great, and they have some really good receivers, and now all of a sudden they have Aaron Rodgers. So obviously they're going to be good. I just I. I mean, I, I just have questions. Um, I'm curious about what's going to happen with, um, you know, with the rest of that offense because I mean, Aaron Rodgers was not great in in Green Bay last year, and um, yeah, I, I mean, is that permanent? Like, is that is that something that is now just you know kind of on an irreversible trajectory? I don't know. So, uh, Rodgers at six is too high for me. Top ten is fair. Top ten is absolutely fair. I think for 2023. But yeah, I mean, there were there were a handful of other quarterbacks that I would rather have going into uh, going into this year. I'll, I'll remind everyone of, of two things. One, this is this is this is good for you, Ashley. One, Aaron Rodgers was done like four years ago, and then he won back to back MVPs. Uh, so exactly. everybody's kind of out on him. And also, I'll just remind everyone: put this on your calendar. Tune in on uh, January 9th next year to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast for the Ashley Bastock Victory Lap podcast. <laughs> yeah, here's uh, the just, thing. Here's Here's also the thing, like, I hear everything that, you know, this speculation about the Jets, but, like, again, I'm just going to reiterate the criteria for this draft. It's not how I feel about the Jets as a team. It is, like, I have this perfect team in a vacuum. All I need is the quarterback to pluck in. And for me, I don't hate this guy given the experience and everything. Like, trust me, I'm, I question the darkness retreat and all that stuff too, Dan, and I do wonder the age, blah, blah, blah. But we know how much of it is mental and experience. And for me, that was enough. I am I am prepared to defend this pick still. And you don't have to agree with it. I think there are other guys you could take, but I favor him over some of the younger guys left. And here's another point in defense of Ashley on this. Even though we are trying to pick, you know, just the quarterback uh, per se, 
I do think in the final analysis, because we, you know, we'll probably look back and, and, you know, take victory laps or beat ourselves up for dumb picks or whatever like that. But I do think there's something to be said for an amazing defense and they're going to have a really good defense this year. They are, they're going to have a good defense. They were pretty highly ranked last year. They're better this year. And quite often a quarterback's best friend is an amazing defense. So Muhammad, you are up now at number seven. Well, I know I was talking a lot about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence plot twist. That was just a ploy. I'm actually going to go with Lamar Jackson on this one. Now, I will say I actually did consider Trevor Lawrence very heavily. Absolutely. Um, but here's the thing, though. Like, I probably would have actually had him at number six. Like, if I was at six and, like, Aaron Rodgers wasn't already picked, I would have actually put Trevor Lawrence there. So I actually think he's – hear me out on this. Not that Lamar Jackson's not good. I know he's won MVP and he just got paid. I do think once the Urban Meyer dust came off of Trevor Lawrence, like, that generational talent just came out. And that's why he pulled them out of that – what was it, like a 3-7, and 3-8 start last year? 3-7 and seven start, you know, to get to the divisional round and almost beating Mahomes on an ankle and a half. Like, I thought that was impressive. But I do think after that, you got to give Lamar some credit there because, I mean, again, the guy's won an MVP. Uh, I know, obviously, he got hurt at the end of last year, and maybe that's still a concern moving forward if he can just stay healthy and, you know, not get hurt again. I do get that. Um, and I'm interested to see how he does with Todd Munkin. I know you guys know about him better than I do because – you, you know, covered him in Cleveland a few years ago. But I'm interested to see how he does with Todd Munkin. Could be a good fit. I still think John Harbaugh knows what he's doing with him. Um, but I actually really do think, like, who knows if – and, again, same thing with OBJ. You know him better than me. Like, if OBJ, the hype is real. If, you know, they got Zay Flowers from Boston College in the first round. Like, if that guy can make plays with Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, you know, has a breakout year. I could see the Ravens – you know, if they don't win the division, they could definitely, you know, make the playoffs, get a wild card spot, you know. So I think, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's still up there. I know we're talking about having tiers on this podcast. I do believe Lamar Jackson is still in that upper to, I want to say mid-tier, upper to mid-tier if that's the right term. Um, but, yeah, the, the accuracy is there. I like the way he moves. I still think he's got the juice, and I would put him at number seven. I almost took Lamar Jackson number five. So I – I, I'm st- I'm still in on Lamar. My only question with Lamar is injury. Can he stay healthy? And that has been a, that's been a real issue the, the last couple seasons. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Andrew, you were mentioning um, on our coach draft pod the, the year that the Ravens got out to that whatever it was seven and three, eight and four start a couple years ago, and then Lamar gets hurt. Um, you, you know, he's still that talented when he's on the field, and he's still that guy. And Honestly, in his defense, the Ravens have never really invested in the receiver position around him as much as they should have. I mean, there's a there's a case to be made that Odell Beckham might be the best receiver he's had. And this stage of Odell Beckham's career is that's that says a lot about how little I think the Ravens have invested in that position. And Lamar has still thrived. Yeah, I mean, well, the Ravens have tried. Um, you know, they they kind of, if you just kind of look at their, I mean, they they drafted in 2019. They drafted uh, Hollywood Brown in the first round. Um, you know, that was, and then they followed that up with Miles Boykin in the third round, and that was a year after they drafted Mark Andrews in the third round, and then they drafted J.K. Dobbins in the second round, and Rashad Bateman in the first round two years after Hollywood. Like they've tried, they just haven't gotten him kind of the the requisite weapons that you need. I mean, you look around the league and, you know, you, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that we've drafted. 
You know, Patrick Mahomes came in, had Tyreek Hill. You know, Joe Burrow had to wait a you know, Joe Burrow came in with T. Higgins and then had to wait a year to get Jamar Chase. You know, Josh Allen had to wait a little bit, then got Stephon Diggs. Like every single one of these guys has had an elite weapon and, and Lamar has not had that. Um, I'm a big Lamar defender. Um, you know, I, I think that they're the pendulum. I'm glad to see him go seventh. I would have picked him fifth. Um, you know, but this is kind of the ballpark for him. I think the pendulum has kind of swung the other direction where so many people are going to say, oh, well, he can't throw or he gets hurt too easily. I mean, he gets hurt in the pocket. It's not because of his play style. He gets hurt when he gets rolled up on in the pocket. So, yeah, I, I think Lamar is, is, I mean, frankly, you know, just kind of where you're at and relatively, I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league just because I think so many people are just ready to cast him off. And forget the fact that, like you said, he hasn't really had a, a ton of receiving help. And now you finally get that with, I mean, you get that by the boatload because you have OBJ and you have Zay Flowers. You have another first round pick. Bateman's going to come back healthy. You've got, you've got options there. So yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Lamar guy. I think he's the most dynamic quarterback in the league, both in terms of what he can do running and passing. I'm not sure that's necessarily a controversial take, but yeah, I, I, again, huge Lamar guy. I think that, um, all he does is win, and, and frankly, I'm really excited to see what he can do in uh, 2023 because if, if he's good, if he's back, AFC North is going to be really fun. Mary Kay, I'll, I'll just never forget, and Lamar, another one of those quarterbacks I put on my list of, like, you've got to see this guy in person. He's he's unbelievable. But, but I'll never forget the Monday night football game sitting in that press box. You know, Lamar gets hurt. Trace McSorley comes out. I mean, it's it's messy. Him and Baker Mayfield are involved in this shootout. I don't. Well, I don't know if he got hurt. It was cramps. He um, there was so, like yeah. There was uh, <laughs> there were questions. I'll put it like that. There were questions yeah. about what happened. He had to run back to the locker room <laughs> yeah. for a little while, but then he runs back on the field and almost immediately hits Hollywood Brown on that deep pass, uh, leads the Ravens to that win. Just one one of the great individual performances of that season. He's just an incredible athlete to watch, an incredible player to watch, and. Probably, I mean, I think he's become underrated as a thrower because of what was being said about him when he came out of, in the draft. I, I think he's a good, I mean, I think he's a very good passer. And I think we've seen that. And I think we're going to see it under Todd Munkin as well. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what Todd Munkin is going uh, to do with Lamar Jackson because Todd Munkin has uh, never met a pass that he didn't call. And this is going to be really, really interesting to see how they strike that balance between using Lamar's legs and using Lamar's arm. And, uh, you know, and now again, as you guys mentioned, he's got Odell. He still has Mark Andrews. He's got Rashad Bateman back. He's got Zay Flowers. So he's got the weapons around him. And I think that makes an enormous difference. Uh, you know, it's such an underrated aspect of a quarterback's game. Who do you think Joe Burrow would be without his band of receivers, right? I mean, he would still be an amazing quarterback, but you have to supply them with excellent, excellent weapons. Lamar has those this year. Now he's got an offensive coordinator who's going to call more of a passing game for him. So very anxious to see what he's all about. We have seen so many of those magical moments where, uh, you know, he just leads that fourth quarter comeback. You just always felt like, uh, like he was going to do something to kill the Browns in the fourth quarter of a game. And, um, and it should be a really, really exciting AFC North this year. Yeah, Ashley, you know, you've, you've obviously, now that you've been on the beat, and, and not that you didn't watch Lamar Jackson before, but now that you've seen him sort of in person a, a few times, uh, he really is just like a must-watch a must player. 
Right. I mean, I always think of that 2021 season, that game in Baltimore, you know, famously when the Browns intercepted him four times, but he had that throw. And Dan, I remember you and I just like sitting there being like, did we just watch this? We're like, he was in the red zone, but then ran back like 20 yards, was being chased by Miles Garrett. And he just threw the ball up to Mark Andrews in the end zone for a touchdown. And it's like, those are the kind of throws that he could make. I mean, but again, for me, like the injuries are kind of a question for him. And does he have the right weapons around him? What are him and Todd Munkin going to look like? All of these are kind of unknowable. Um, but in a vacuum, if Lamar can stay healthy, you know, he's definitely, I think, worthy of being considered as a top 10 quarterback in this league and taken in this lovely fantasy draft, too. All right. So we move along. Mary Kay, you are now up at number eight. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. I'm this taking Deshaun Watson for. here. <laughs> Going to Sean Watson here. Um, okay. There's a couple of other guys that we could put here. Of course, we've been talking a lot about Trevor Lawrence. You know, there still is, you know, Dak Prescott's still out there. Um, and there are others, but you know, I, I think that Deshaun Watson, you know, deserves the respect to go in the top 10. I think that uh, I don't think he's forgotten how to play quarterback. I think he has a supporting cast this year, like we've been talking about. I think Kevin Stefanski will do a good job calling the game for him. I think he'll look a lot different when he's taking all the first team reps instead of splitting them. I think he'll look a lot different with um, so many of his off the field issues behind him, most of them. And, um, and I just think that, you know, he looks poised and ready to go and be the quarterback that he was in the past. So with Deshaun Watson, uh, obviously those six games last year were a disaster <laughs> for the most part. There were some moments, his second half in Washington that looked like Deshaun Watson. Um, and there were other little moments here and there from 2018 to 2020 in Houston completed 68.7% of his passes through for 12,840 yards, 85 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. His quarterback rating over those three years was 104.7. Um, pro football reference doesn't have his rushing stats here. I can look those up, but again, you know, we know what he can do in the run game as well. So uh, rushing, he had 551 in 2018, 413 in 2019, and 444 in 2020. And over those three seasons, he rushed for 15 touchdowns on top of what he did throwing the football. So Andrew Deshaun Watson, before everything happened, was incredible. Um, led the league in passing in 2020. He was starting to get mentioned as a guy who maybe should be talked about as a top five quarterback uh, coming out of Clemson, obviously a guy that had won championships had beaten Alabama. I mean, the resume was unbelievable. It's just a matter of, do you believe he'll get back to being that player or not? Yeah. I, I mean, you look at, I mean, the 2020 year was obviously, you know, crazy for him just, you know, statistically. And, and I mean, it's even crazier that you could have a quarterback that that was, you know, putting up at, you know, numbers at that level. And you have a team that was as bad as they were. I think, you know, one of the plays that I'll, I'll, I will just kind of always have in my brain about Deshaun was uh, when they played it, when they played the Bills in the in the playoffs in the 2019 season. So I guess this was January 2020. Um, it was a third down, and he was getting blitzed off the backside, and he spun out of a sack that just. I mean, the defender thought he had him. Everybody that was watching thought he was down, and you know, Deshaun just spun out of it, found a guy open 
receiver ran down and, and put him in really, really good field goal, field goal position to win the game. And like, that's the kind of play that Deshaun was making. And that's kind of something that, that makes him unique. Um, again, you know, Mary Kay going for upside here again, like I think upside here works with Deshaun because if Deshaun is what he was in that game and in that 2020 season, eight too low. Like, I, I think eight's too low. I would put him above Rodgers this season, and I think I'm probably having a conversation about Jalen Hurts. Um, Lamar's probably, you know, right neck and neck with him. But, yeah, Deshaun, if, if he can get back to that level, he is, um, you know, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I just – I don't know. I that, that That's such a long time to be off. You know, you miss a season, you miss a whole other season, and then you come back, you don't really play that well. To me, the sample size, again, is too small. That's just – it's a big risk, and and I don't know, but I think we're going to learn a lot here in the next couple of months. Ashley, it's every podcast we do, right? It's when we talk about what the Browns can accomplish this year. It it's is. what can Deshaun Watson be? Because the ceiling yes. for this team, I mean, I was looking at, at some of the futures, some of the over-under, stuff like that. If you're bullish on the Browns, it's because you believe Deshaun Watson will be that player again. Right, and I think that's what we talk about, too, with the national perception of the Browns, which I know you guys devoted, go back and, and listen to our listeners can find it recently, a whole beginning of an Hey MK pod to this topic and why the national perception of this team feels a lot different than how we talk about them. I do think a lot of it has to do with, you know, given how the Browns performed last year as a team and how Deshaun Watson was underwhelming when he came back from that 11 game suspension. I think the reality is with all the off the field issues and the, civil suits and sexual misconduct allegations it's just easy to not talk about him if you don't have to and can kind of focus on the big picture of the league but from what we've seen I feel like Deshaun is more confident in this offense and again everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt like they're not allowed to hit the quarterback defenses aren't going at full speed but you make a move like this as the Browns because you believe he should go somewhere in the top 10 if you're drafting quarterbacks in this league at his best, that's what he is. And I definitely think this is like the right spot for him, probably, given what we've seen so far. But yeah, I mean, the Brown season hinders on whether he can kind of get back to that 2020 form and if the rust has been totally shaken off for him at this point. Muhammad, when I look at guys I could have taken, obviously Trevor Lawrence is, is still here. Um, you know, I'm looking at like Dak Prescott. Uh, Tua, Matthew Stafford. Then we get start to get into that, like that, all the guys that are basically just some version of Kirk Cousins. Um, I mean, this does feel like the right spot for Deshaun. It's not too, it's not too bullish on him. It's not saying okay, he's going to be back and be a top five quarterback. But it's also like, I could see him landing right around here when all is said and done. Yeah, I think you know, it is risky. If you want to put him as high as like seven or eight, but I do think if you want to put him at like nine or 10, that's also fair and not as risky because I do believe he's a top 10 quarterback, but I should say specifically a bottom of the top 10 quarterback. So like, you know, like you said, in that kind of seven through 10 range, you can put him there. I don't know if I would have put him exactly at eight. Um, I think it's fair to put him there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I probably sat nine and who you pick at 10, Dan, but I mean, no, I would have leaned anywhere between nine and 10. Maybe eleven, depending on who Andrew picked. I think it's it's fair, but like Andrew kind of just said the main gist of what I want to say is it's a risk. Like he he didn't play at all in twenty twenty one, and 
he missed 11 games last year, and I don't think he looked all that great when he did come back. I know he had that first game against Houston, ironically, of all places, but I mean, then against the Bengals the week after, and from there, I just don't really think he he had his stuff, which I, I get it. Like, that that's a lot of rust to shake off, like, after being gone for what, well over a year and a half. So he will be better, no question. And I think he'll be good enough to be top 10 quarterback. I think he'll be good enough to make the Cleveland Browns a contending team. And I know we're talking about team or, or quarterbacks and not teams, but I do think he is that important where, like, if the Browns want to contend for a playoff spot, it, it's going to go back to him. So you can put him there. I, I do think, as risky as it is, there's a fair case to be made that eight. There, there's nobody I would have taken over him here at that. Like, I was going to take him at 10 if he fell to me. Andrew, would you have taken him? in this spot if, if Mary Kay had not? Uh, no. Um, oh, I would have gone, I would have gone elsewhere. Um, to me, there's three guys at, at, you know, after the top seven went, there were three guys that to me absolutely deserve to round out eight, nine and 10. And um, I would have not placed the Sean at eight. I would have put him at nine. Um, so I, I would not have taken him. If he was so, so you've got your guy then here at, at nine. Who got is a guy? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I feel good about him at nine. Um, you know, I think, you know, in terms of a 2023 year, you're, you're talking an ascending player. Um, you know, while we were kind of talking, I pulled up some of his numbers, uh, from 2022, uh, you know, for the first eight games of the year, 62%, uh, percent completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, you know, he was only, he was only throwing for, oh God, what is, I don't have them, you know, like 180 yards a game, something like that. Um, you know, final nine games of the year. So for 252 yards a game, threw for 15 touchdowns and two interceptions, uh, 69% completion percentage. Like to me, that's a quarterback that found it out. That's a quarterback that figured it out. You look at his arm talent, you look at his pocket awareness. That's a guy who, you know, he was kind of built to play quarterback for a very long time. You know, he was great at Clemson. And it to me, for the first year or year and a half of his career, it just looked like a guy who was seeing what can I get away with and what can't I get away with in this league? And once he figured out what he can't get away with and what he can, I think, you know, you kind of saw the results. I'm really high on Trevor Lawrence moving forward. I think, um, you know, I think he's going to have a really, really strong 2023 season. Okay. So the whole point of this was to get the the Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson discussion. So we're going to pick up the pace a little bit as we go. So when we make these picks, if you want to jump in and say something about the guy, go for it. So before I go, before I make my pick, does anybody want to add anything on Trevor? Good. I think I said that is all that needs to be said. All right. Uh, so how about that? Back-to-back Clemson uh, Clemson quarterbacks there. So now at number 10. Oh, man. <laughs> I have the guy at the top of my board that I like, but I, I don't know. He doesn't do a lot for me. I, I guess I'll take him anyway. I'm going to take – I'm going to take Dak Prescott. Um, I, I'm okay with Dak Prescott. I think I was higher on him a few years ago, but he puts up numbers. You can build a passing attack around him. He's always had a lot of weapons there in Dallas, uh, that helps him out. This is actually lower than Dak Prescott has gone. I think in in these previous drafts, um, but I'm going to round out this round by taking, uh, Dak Prescott. Does anybody have anything to – can I get a little feedback on this pick, at least from somebody this about was, old Dak? This was correct. You think it's right, you think it's right Andrew? And Yeah. 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 Okay. Correct. Yeah, this was, this was the 8, 9, 10 that I kind of had mapped out. I would have taken Trevor Lawrence over to Sean, but Dak would have been 10. I think, 
I think we got the top 10 right. I'll say that. I just knew you were going to say it. Like, as you were like, eh, I felt the eh coming out of you. I think you're right. So let's recap it, take a break, and then we'll wrap things up. And by the way, um, I don't think we've – Ashley, just so you know, I do have the final pick in this draft. So the tradition gets to live on. I'm so excited. At number 15. Uh, Okay, number one was Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Ashley picked him. Muhammad took Joe Burrow. Then Mary Kay took Josh Allen. Andrew took Justin Herbert. And I took Jalen Hurts. In the second round, Ashley took Aaron Rodgers. Muhammad took Lamar Jackson. Mary Kay took Deshaun Watson. Andrew took Trevor Lawrence. And I just rounded it out with the Dak Prescott pick. We'll take a break. And then we will wrap this up with five more quarterbacks. It is starting to get dicey out there. I want to see if any of these rookies go or if any of these second-year guys go uh, here in the third round of our quarterback draft back on the orange brown talk podcast crossover edition with the strictly stripes crew and lobby andrew gillis muhammad ahmad mary cabot ashley bastock all on board here and ashley you are up with pick number 11 in our quarterback draft yeah so this is we are getting kind of dicey in terms of guys i feel like super strongly about i don't know that i would feel super strongly about taking anybody here at this spot but i do think after some some brief reflection i think i'm gonna take tua here and you know i think for me this has a lot to do with projecting of what i think he and mike mcdaniel may be able to do um i'm also kind of placing a lot on hey, maybe we're going to see him be able to repeat his performance from when he was good last year um, and not have the concussions be an overriding factor for him. And I think with two of the size is always a question, but you know, looking at his stats, he did average 8.9 yards per passing attempt last season, which is kind of a huge number. He has great, he does great with like his depth of target and making that an explosive offense and making explosive plays. Uh, but I think always, it's always like the injuries, the size, and, and for him, it's about repeating this year. But I think this is about the point in the draft where we're at, where all of these guys are going to have some kind of question about them. And after seeing that Miami passing offense last year, I feel okay about taking him here. It's the concussions. That's the only thing that kind of holds me back with him. And again, you know, I don't want to boil this all down to like, oh, I saw this guy play in person once because (laughs) because that's not how you judge a quarterback. But uh, Mary Kay, we we went to Miami last year. The Browns played down there. And I was sort of coming around on two. I was still a little bit of a skeptic. But Miami has this weird angled press box. And it gave a different perspective of some of the throws Tua was making. And it just sort of reinforced, like, this guy is really accurate. He's really on time. And when they gave him Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, he just took off. I-, I think two is really good. It's just, can he stay on the field? Can he avoid the concussions? Because those are the, that's the sort of thing that can end a career. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's got all the physical skills. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. He's got the talent. He's got the smarts. And he does have... Uh, the supporting cast, which I just keep hammering that point home, but I think it's vitally important. You look a whole lot better when you have Tyreek Hill out there catching the ball for you. Um, So yeah, I think this is a perfect spot for him. And um, I I do think he's good. And the concussions are definitely a concern, but uh, those aside, he is one of the best. Muhammad, you're up. All right. This is, like Ashley said, we're getting into some uh, dicey territory. And I think uh, this wasn't, I think I had to think about, but I'm going to go with uh, Kirk Cousins from Minnesota. 
Um, I know maybe maybe some of you guys were expecting it, and if you have your thoughts, share that. But uh, if not, I mean, like the way I look at it, is he in the second tier of quarterbacks? Sure. Does he just barely, barely get into that t- like top second tier? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, like his PFF passing grade was about a 78 last year. I mean, and I get it. Like Joe Burrow, he has an amazing player named Justin Jefferson, who's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, which is another debate, obviously. But I think Justin Jefferson's the best in the game, which does help Kirk Cousins. So without Justin Jefferson, I don't know. But with Justin Jefferson, I think he's good enough to be at number nine – or excuse me, at um, uh, number 12. I can't even keep track today, but this is why I love this draft. Um, but, yeah, I really just think having a guy like that – and then, you know, they made the playoffs last year – I think there's a wide open opportunity for them to win the NFC North now that Aaron Rodgers is in uh, uh, New York. And I still think the Bears are rebuilding. And I don't know that the Lions are going to be competitive enough to win the division, although I think they're a playoff team. So, yeah, I think a lot of that all boils back to uh, Kirk Cousins. I wasn't going to be the guy to take Kirk Cousins, so I'm glad it was you. That's <laughs> it was a tough one. That's my, that's my feedback uh, on this pick. Mary Kay, number 13. Number 13. Well, I am just absolutely honored to make this pick at lucky number 13, uh, because this is a player that many, many years ago, when I was still very young, uh, the Browns had an opportunity to draft him in the first round. And they decided to draft a defensive player who flopped miserably. Uh, My feeling on drafting this player back in the day was that they should take a flyer on him because there wasn't really anybody else to draft in the first round and then build an offense around him and see what he could do. But alas, the Browns didn't listen to me, just like they didn't listen to me when I told them to draft Josh Allen over Baker Mayfield. They took Barkevious Bingo over Geno Smith. (laughs) Now, it took a long time for Geno Smith to become the quarterback that I knew he could be back in 2013. But lo and behold, he did it last year. Fifth in the NFL, 100.9 rating, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 69.8% completion percentage, and 4,282 yards from my little Gino. Go, Gino. I got you. I did I not. Will. I, I love that enthusiasm. I Go ahead, Ashley. No, I was going to say I actually was considering taking Gino at 11, but I said if I do this to Mary Kay, I will – she might never talk to me again. At least while we are both on vacation, <laughs> I will not hear from her. Uh, but, no, I love this. I'm so happy Gino went. I mean, I think it's all about proving that he was not a flash in the pan last year and when some of those numbers started going down a little bit that it was more about his pass protection kind of failing him towards the end there. Uh, but I love this pick. I'm, this is like one of the few guys I think I'm excited to see go this late and also excited for Mary Kay to take her her much re- like she deserves this victory <laughs> lap. I can't talk right now, but she deserves it. I this- mean, it could, he could be a one year wonder. Who knows? But I mean, good for you, Gino, and good for me. This round of the draft is like the seventh round of the NFL draft or like the late <laughs> second round of the NBA draft. And you're taking like a teammate's brother or like a scout's son or something like that. Um, <laughs> I am kind of looking at the big board I threw together, which wasn't super well thought out. I mean, I did have Gino. I have 
Bryce Young, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr in front of him. Jared Goff in that range. Hensley Highfield, Kyler Murray. I didn't have a lot else other than, than Geno, so I probably wouldn't have taken him here, but there's not a lot, a lot else to choose from. Um, so that's going to bring us to Andrew at number 14. Yeah, I mean, I so again, this is this may be breaking the rules because he might miss half the year, but it's uh, I'm going to take Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I, I I would even I feel so strongly about Kyler Murray that I would even take it if it was like Colt McCoy slash Kyler Murray. Um, I think Kyler Murray is really really talented. Um, you know, I think. I, you know, I, I would just kind of ask, you know, I know um, fellow Cleveland.com or Jimmy Watkins and I have had this debate a lot. Where where are the Eagles if Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of the Cardinals? Like where like how, how much different does the Eagles season end up? Like I, I think Kyler Murray can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, I think he's kind of an underrated passer. Obviously, he can move. You look at his completion percentages through the years. Um, you know, he's kind of always kind of hovering above 65, teetering on almost 70. Um, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, you know, you know, 12 interceptions, 12 interceptions, 10 interceptions, seven interceptions. That's just not a guy who you are worried about in a way that he can, you know, cost you games. So, you know, I'm not going to stand on the table and say he's a top 10 quarterback or he's a top eight, whatever. But at 14, yeah, Kyler Murray, for the upside that he has, I mean, he's got, you know, superstar upside, I think. So I, I'm taking him at 14, and I'm kind of laughing on my way to the bank to do it. I've always kind of sneaky liked Kyler. Yeah. Um, one of our other, one of the other beat reporters on the Browns beat, uh, Scott Petrak, does not agree with me on with my love of Kyler Murray. Um, again, another guy that I love watching in person, but also I, I do see – you see why you would have taken him number one overall, and you see why you give him that contract. I actually, that's a really interesting question. We could go another hour on this podcast trying to answer it. I still would trust Jalen Hurts more just because I don't know if Kyler Murray can stay healthy for 17 games. That's the part that worries me. Like, even if he's playing, sometimes he's playing banged up, and I think that size has, has been a little bit of an issue for him. Uh, this year so I still think Jalen Hurts would be the better pick but I I love Kyler Murray's talent and again in this draft he has gone much higher than this spot in the past and this might be a guy that maybe we've forgotten about a little bit because of the the injury that ended his season last year so uh, we'll see how our buddy Drew Petzing does with with old Kyler down there and that brings us to pick number 15 the final pick in the draft the Gardner Minshew Memorial final pick of the <laughs> Cleveland.com quarterback draft. There are plenty of places I could go here. I love Bryce Young. I'm a Bryce Young guy. Uh, Matthew Stafford has won a Super Bowl. Derek Carr, it wasn't that long ago. These were dark days in Cleveland. It wasn't that long ago when Derek Carr was viewed as the savior of the Cleveland Browns. If the Raiders would have made him available, um, I could go with Jared Goff. And his bounce back, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Jimmy G, our buddy Jacoby Brissett. But no, of course, the Gardner Minshew Memorial <laughs> final pick of the Cleveland.com quarterback draft has to be none other than Gardner Minshew. So we're going to take him number 15 overall uh, because that's Love the it. rule. Not because he belongs here, but because that's the rule. Why is that the rule? 
Obscure. That's a great question. I don't know. You guys <laughs> took him in the first one, and then last year you decided, let's just take him last again. It made a lot more sense when the last pick was like 25. Yeah, when we drafted like all 32 starting quarterbacks, it made a lot more sense back then. But, you know, we're going to keep it nice and short and sweet, but why not? Why not, Gardner? Just like just like Andrew will be laughing all the way to the bank with Kyler Murray. I'll be laughing when Gardner Minshew leads the Indianapolis Colts to a 7-10 and 10 season <laughs> and throws for 3,000 yards. Uh, okay. We've all got things to do. That's why we had to cut it off at, at number 15 here. Uh, that will do it for this crossover edition of the Orange and Brown Talk and Strictly Stripes podcast. You can find both of those podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so just get subscribed there. And uh, it's five days a week, Strictly Stripes, five days a week, Orange and Brown Talk training camps coming up. You want to get involved in those podcasts. Cleveland.com slash Browns is where you find me, Mary Kay, and Ashley. Cleveland.com slash Bengals is where you find Andrew and Muhammad. For everybody, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.